Right, into spring, into March 2019, and we start with Whitehawk at home, followed on the 9th by Folkestone Invicta away, and then on the 16th of March, as far as I'm concerned, it's the big one, Brightling Sea Region away. You lot will be coming in the bandit country. As I said in episode one, it's one road in, one road out, all right? And some of you may be aware that um, I'm a teacher and uh, not at the school in Brightlingsea anymore, but in a school within uh, Colchester. And you might be aware that my form group have uh, adopted Lewis as their team because of the whole Equality FC philosophy. Um, And uh, this is something that I've carried on from the school that I was teaching at whilst I was down in uh, Sussex in Hove. That's the uh, school with the windmill, those of you that know will know. Anyway, that's the big one. My form group are all looking forward to that away game. So we should have a bumper away following that day. And then finally, on March the 23rd, it is Kingstonian at home. Not finally, because apparently there's another fixture on March the 30th, which is Haringey Borough away. So as you heard Previously, I have uh, the second half of the interview with Simon from Whitehawk to play you. Here it is. Recent history of the team. Well, as you know, in 2010, Darren Freeman, your manager, took us up to the conference south for the first time. And, you know, we've only been relegated uh, three times in our whole existence since 1945. We're predominantly in a county league uh, team. One of our songs is We Know What We Are. We Know What We Are. County League Sussex. We Know What We Are. Um, which, you know, we are overachievers, I suppose. And you could say it's because of various reasons, which I won't go on to in the ra- into on the radio show, really. But um, Darren Freeman's got, got us up there. Unfortunately, got sacked in, I think it was 2012. And then Steve King took over, who, of course, had been at Lewis, the mega agent that is Steve King. I mean, don't have a problem with the guy personally. Um, But, you know, he tried his best last season to keep us up. He was was fighting a losing battle, um, in my view. But anyway, so... Kingy got us up to the FA Cup. We had the FA Cup run a few seasons ago. And then it kind of went downhill from there, really. Pablo Asensio took over. Kingy got sacked the next season. I think it was in the January. Pablo Asensio took over. Took us into the playoffs. We lost to Ebbsfleet, um, which was really, really hard to take. Um, they're probably one of the other teams that we are rivals, or we don't, we don't, we, we dislike. We don't use the word hate down at the Hawks, but we dislike them. Um, on the whole, uh, so we lost it, and then we had the sort of five, six, seven managers in a season, season where no one could really settle. Uh, the team couldn't settle. We survived by the skin of our teeth with, I think it was Andy Woodman. Again, nice enough bloke, but I wasn't wasn't overly keen on 
Then the next season, Jimmy Duck took over with a realistic approach. You know, we're going to come mid-table. It was all a bit negative. The budget got cut. Um, we had some problems that summer. It all took off a bit late. And as I say, we didn't, said earlier, we didn't um, win a game until New Year, which was sad. Duck didn't last long. Um... And then King came in. It was the return of the King, and he couldn't do it. He's now gone to Welling, and we now got Jude McDonald. The future looks bright if we can just stick with Jude, you know. Um, got some really good young players, local talent, and I think that's what the fans want to see. I mean, Lewis is a model of, uh, is an example of the model you can use, which is to source local talent and. Um, you know, pay them, pay them decent wages, but not overpay in terms of getting these mercenaries down that just want five, six, seven hundred pound a week, um, and build a team, team mentality, team ethic. The only gripe I would have about Whitehawk is the, um, is there are some people who are quite negative and they moan about the music that we play, me and Academic Andy, and it's kind of grates on you a bit because we are volunteers we turn up we put the music on we spend time uh, compiling the playlist we try and please um, most people there's usually a theme to the music but there's always these detractors the moaners the negative dudes and we do put it out there on the ultras page that if you've got any requests then you can send them in but no one ever does so if you're listening and you've got any requests send them in just put them on the ultras page we'll 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 download them and we'll play them so for visiting um lewis fans it's quite easy to get to the ground you can go over the bypass and down wilson's avenue um warren road wilson's avenue through wooding dean um or you can come along the seafront, which is a much pleasing experience, I would think. Um, through Telscombe, New Haven, Telscombe. Uh, yeah. So that would be a good good way to come. And then you just turn right at the marina, and then it's signposted there, um, a long winding road. Someone described it as a entering or or... The approach to our ground has been likened to going to a 1980s, late 80s, early 90s rave, which which I quite like, especially on a night game. Um, You know, it's really, really quite, quite good. Um, We gather at the Hawks HQ, which is the Mad Hatter pub in Kemptown. He's run by a White Hawk man. Um, who's fully behind the team he puts on special deals um, puts on a bit of food uh, it's got a beer garden and a couple of bars there's a pool table so if the Lewis fans want to come join us there just let us know that's what we're all about is making friends as we trudge our way through the Bostick this season um, there's no place for for enemies really we're all football fans And uh, I think if we get together and uh, we can do some really good things.
what I'm expecting from Lewis this season. Delicious food and a warm welcome, as per. And uh, a great season for Lloyd Cotton, obviously. Looking forward to seeing, seeing, watching the game versus the Hawks. Um, good luck to the women's team. Um, friends with some people down there, Karen and Charlie, who are involved with Lewis FC. And um, that's great. Looking forward to seeing them. I've been to the Dripping Pan before. I've actually played there in the late 70s as an under-18. I played for Whitehawk there. Lovely ground, great surroundings. You know, you see the castle. Um, Just a really, really good ground. Question, anything about Lewis that I'd like answered? What I'd like answers is how do you manage financially? Um, and how easy is it to be organised uh, as a fan-owned club? And how does that work? I mean, I've been offered some uh, some support around that and advice around that, but it just seems to be a bit bit too admin-y, long-winded. Um, not quite sure what we're ready for fan-owned. Possibly a 51-49 scenario. With um with the owners or with John Summers would be good. Right, that's me. Over and out. I'm on the radio. I've got my own radio show, non-league chatter and tunes. It's once a month, first Monday of the month on K2K Radio, which is in Kilburn. You can catch up on Mixcloud. Just type in odds and evens, chatter and tunes, or non-league chatter and tunes. Um. So yeah. I've got uh, some good guests coming on in the future. Obviously, any Lewis fans want to come on, tell us about the Rooks. Let's do it. Okay, over and out. God bless. So on to the final month of our Bostic Premier League season. Uh, April the 6th, it's Merchant at home and the return of Gus Sal. April the 13th, it's Leatherhead away. 20th of April, it's Bishop Stortford at home. 22nd of April, Burgess Hill away. And then we finish the season with AFC Hornchurch at home. Okay, everyone. So, as mentioned uh, during the intro in this episode and in the last one, I've promised to give you a little bit of an update on the ongoings at Southampton with regards to their women's team. Um, Because as of um, May, Southampton are now the only team in the Premier League without a women's team. Now, this is not for the want of uh, trying. Southampton did actually... Uh, applied to join the championship, so they would have been playing Lewis. However, that place went to Man United because, call me cynical, you know, the FA are not going to refuse Manchester United. So it was Southampton that missed out. However, since that point in time, things have progressed. Southampton still won't be submitting um, a team this season, but they are going to apply for next season they have all the youth structure there and they have also very recently 
employed Marianne Spacey Kale. Now, for those of you who are unsure just who that is, uh, Marianne spent eight seasons with Arsenal from 93 uh, before moving to Fulham on a pro contract in 2002, where she won uh, a treble with Fulham ladies that season. Now, when she retired... Uh, she attained her UEFA Pro license, and she was working with the FA Women's Team. Uh, you know the Lionesses set up. Uh, she's taken responsibility for England's women under 23s matches and the development of coaches more broadly. And she was awarded uh, an MBE in the 2016 Birthday Honours for services to football. So here is uh, an interview that Marianne gave to the Southampton website, and you can find this at southamptonfc.com forward slash news about what her role is and what she expects from uh, this venture with Southampton in the future. I think from the moment I walked into the club when I first came in, the excitement was just raised and raised from that moment because just listening to the people in the club, listening to the plans and the impact that the, the club can have on women's and girls football in this not just in this this area but in in England and and beyond is fantastic so the excitement levels are really raising every time I talk to people every time I come into the club and every time I've I've just sort of got snippets of what they what the plans are and what everything is that were, that they want to to do here it's just yeah it's just immense my roles within football have gone from development, working with five to eleven-year-olds, you know, um, football development, obviously coaching at international level, and playing experiences. So I think if you put all that into the mix, the experiences each and the and the knowledge and the understanding that I've, I've sort of learnt from the game in all those different environments and in those different roles, I want to bring that to the club and still utilise everything that's here, the expertise and the knowledge that's here. So there'll be a different there'll be lots of different thoughts, lots of different, I'm sure, opinions and lots of different ways of doing things. But once you get all that expertise into one room, I think it just shows where A the the plan for this club is, but also B the amount of talent and the amount of knowledge that's already here. And I just want to enhance that and build on that. I think really early is the um is that this isn't just a, a one hit. This is something that we want to build. This is a project we want to build and we want to take women's and girls football in, in at this club into an area that is right for the club and right for the people within it. Um, you know, for, for me, an easy hit would be just saying, look, let's let's get everybody together and let, help them feel what this, this club is about, help me feel what this club is about and how we can then challenge and, and educate the, the players and the staff on what women's football could look, it looks like now, but what can it look like in the future? The opportunity to be part of something that is has got a, a foundation, but like any foundations, it has to grow and it has to build to become something that is a sustainable and b that everybody wants to be part of. And for me, that's the, that like we said about before about the excitement and the enthusiasm. The people that are already here have shown that excitement and that enthusiasm. I'm looking forward to working with them. But the most important bit is where we can go from here as well. Everything's in place to, as, a, as a fantastic start point, and it's just about where we're going to build. And, and it, you know, it might take a few years to, to get us where we want to be, and then it's about sustaining that position in years to come. I think everybody that I, want, I will be working with has got an, 
and expertise. It's how do you build that and continue to build that for them to then enhance the, the opportunities and the experiences for the players that we'll be working with. We put everything into producing the players to be the best players for the club. If they're the best players for their club and they're performing on a week-to-week basis, then your expectation is that they then get international recognition as well. So for me, it's a, a natural progression that if we produce the right people here, the natural progression for them would be that they become internationals in the future. So it's a really creative and innovative way for, for the club to, to say, look, we, we've got great ideas and we want to put those ideas into place. And what that looks like is this international programme. So to give them the exposure and the experience of playing it competitively week in, week out in the, in the league that we're playing in, but also the added advantage of exposure to international football, the exposure to, to different club setups in, in, in other countries. That's invaluable for those players, especially if we're going to be pushing them forward for international, as internationals in the future. When you come in and you want to make things happen really quickly, I think the reality is that there's a lot happened already and there's a lot of credit goes to what's already in place. I just want to enhance that and make that and, and continue the growth of, of what's already in place as I said before, working with the people that are already here, because their knowledge and their experience of this club and everything in the surrounding area is vital for us to move forward. So it's easy to give yourself targets and say we're going to do this. What we're going to do is we're going to give the players the best experience, the most creative experiences and the opportunity to be the best that they can be. So as I say, that's southamptonfc.com forward slash news if you want to hear more about that now oddly enough i'm going to give a little shout out to another women's southampton based uh, football team one though that has got absolutely no affiliation with southampton football club they're just called southampton women's football club uh, and they will be playing in the premier league the fa premier league uh next season um and uh yeah so this is uh what the deal is there then. So the club was established in 1970. Uh, they won the FA Women's Cup eight times between 71 and 82. Um, and they've had a bit of a topsy-turvy recent history. Uh, however, since about 2014, the club has gone under a complete renovation. The first teams, and reserve teams, not an under-16 structure... Hampshire League Champions 2015-2016, they, you know, won back-to-back promotions and as I said, that's why they ended up in the FA Women's Premier League last season where they still um, remain. So as I say, not affiliated with Southampton Football Club, but Southampton Women's Football Club very much taking the mantle of women's football on the South Coast, Uh, well, the Southampton part of the South Coast, anyway, uh, forward. Finally then, this week, we come to the big one. The moment we've all been waiting for. The interview with Stuart Fuller, which I can promise you is going to provide you with a fascinating insight 
into last season, this season and future plans. Enjoy. Hi, Ben. Um, good to talk to you. So, last year, um, yeah, uh, it wasn't really in the plan to push for promotion. Um, what I would l- say, though, is we I think we were ahead of the curve as a club um, in understanding that last season did offer the best chance of promotion we'd have in a number of years um, due to the restructure of the leagues. And we worked with with Darren Ross and Codge uh, very closely in pre-season to identify where the gaps were, which we believed in the squad. Um, if you think about 2016-17, we came pretty close. Um, we were within a couple of games of the playoffs, so we knew that we had to bring in a couple more players. Um, and it was really important to us to look at the spine of the team, uh, which is why we were able to get... Uh, or or why we had to get a, a new centre-back in. Um, we were aware that Stacey would miss most of the season. And we were really lucky that um, we managed to get Frankie, uh, Frankie Chapel, who did a fantastic job for us last year and was without a doubt one of the standout players. And Well, in fact, he was voted in the, the team of the season by the 21 other um, managers in the league. So that just shows what a, what a performance he had. Um... We also had the issue of trying to replace Lloyd Harrington and Jack Dixon in midfield. And uh, we did that. We um, Obviously, we had uh, Bauer Bosma come in. Um, Hamo has certainly um, stepped up to the mark um, and in the centre of midfield. And, and we looked at uh, potentially playing a 4-5-1 um, with Jamie and, and Charlie. And at the start of the season, we also had um, Reese Bauer-Williams there as well so we we looked at how we could play differently um we certainly saw from the early part of the season that um we could compete with the best teams uh, we had a decent squad and even in that our first defeat the one against corinthian casuals um we should have won that game and to concede a goal so late um through a mistake um was disappointing uh, and i felt that um our run of form going up to christmas um was good um, we picked up some great points along the way, you know, away at um, Greenwich Borough, for instance, a one-all draw there was a was a really good result. But it was sort of the silly mistakes that cost us. Um, obviously, Corinthian casuals were mentioned, Whiteleaf at home, uh, we conceded late in that one. The game at uh, Ramsgate where we lost 2-0, where we really didn't turn up at all. Um, uh, and the only other game I would sort of point out was the, the Cole Shorten game, which was a freezing cold Monday evening um five goals in the second half a missed penalty and and a, and a quite a bad injury to Matty George um but we come off the back of that game knowing that we probably played the best team in the league and we knew that um uh, we had a chance and I think uh Christmas uh going into that Christmas period we lost at Ramsgate and then we went on another great run and then we just didn't turn up at Horsham really um, two nil down after about fifteen minutes, and uh, um, yeah, that that was probably the lowest point of the season, I think, for us. Um, but uh, we bounced back pretty quickly, and I think our, possibly our best performance uh, was reserved for the Cray game um, in January, where um, Cray were on a magnificent run. They'd just beaten Ashford nine one, and we knew we went into that game with a very clear game plan. We had watched Cray four or five times um, in 
in in the space of about the same number of weeks. And our game plan was to to really try and um, split their centre backs, get in between them, and we did that within the first minute and scored. Um, it was a bit of a backs against the wall um, in the second half, but but we played well, and I think after that result, that gave everyone in the squad um, uh, the momentum and everything they needed to know that um, we were we could be there or thereabouts. And I think that. Within the, within the squad, uh, within the dressing room, um, we were very confident that um, going into those last four weeks of the season that um, we could hold our place up at the top. Uh, the disappointment came, well, obviously after the Horsham game where, where we confirmed promotion was great, but then that, that game at Faversham, and you just can't explain that. We just, again, we didn't turn up. And even with... Um, Corinthian, uh, sorry, Carl Shelton um, losing as well. We just couldn't turn it on. We couldn't get the lucky break and we ended up losing. So it was disappointing um, going into that last game of the season knowing, knowing that we needed VCD to do us a favour at um, Carl Shelton. But, um, but as someone, if they'd have offered us promotion as we entered injury time at Herne Bay on the opening day of the season when we were drawing 0-0 before Hamo strike, then any one of us would have taken that. So in terms of the the preseason, um, you know, there's there's been quite a lot uh, going on. Um, Darren and and Ross and Codge, their hard work started back in April. Um, they knew who they wanted to keep within the squad. They knew who they had to tie down very very quickly. Um, we knew um, we would be losing Winnie. We knew that um, sort of from Christmas onwards, and that that was going to be a real blow. But we had already set our sights on on Lee Kerry. He was he was the best goalkeeper we faced. Um, we faced him three times last year, and and so Darren moved very quickly to to secure him. That that gave us um, um, uh, a real boost. Uh, and then obviously, you know, we we looked to tie down a few of the a few of the key players. Uh, unfortunately, we lost Matty George. Um, we brought Leon back in when Matty was injured, and and Leon didn't put a foot wrong really. Um, and we had a situation where we had two fantastic left backs. Uh, we'd love to have kept them both, um, but we couldn't assure Matty of first-team football. And uh, we wish him all the best at um, Cray Wanderers. Um, obviously, we lost Jamie as well. Um, Jamie's work commitments and his situation changed, and he couldn't commit to training um, twice a week. Um, and one of the things Darren needs is he needs the players together twice a week um, to work on. So, reluctantly, we let Jamie go Um He's gone to Salt Dean, um, where he actually played against us last weekend. So there is the opportunity of the the dual registration that he could come back if you know things change. I know that Jamie is a fan's favourite, and he's a brilliant player. He, he's he's full of life, full of energy, and and he's he can do some fantastic stuff with the ball. So um, we, we're we're sad to see him go. Um, likewise, we're, we were sad to see Ross, uh, to Gus go. Um, Gus again work meant that. He was having difficulty getting down to training twice a week from London. Um, and Mersham came in. Um, they offered us a fee um, for Gus. And, and we felt in everyone's interests um, that uh, Gus could uh, Gus could move on. Um, and, then, and then obviously Bauer. Bauer going to Coventry is, is a fantastic step up for um, the, the young boy. Um, he's, uh, he was a very underrated player. Last year, I think a lot of people didn't really see the real work he put in. Um, we were a very hard team to beat uh, with him in the side. 
uh, and also he weighed in w with a, quite a number of goals. Um, we were aware that he was being watched throughout the season um, and uh, it was no surprise when uh, uh, Coventry came in for him. So um, really good luck to him. And in their place, you know, we, we've got the two really promising youngsters, Harrison Parker and Ross Barkley, um, who were on the fringes of the first team last year. And they've already been given a go in pre-season and I know they'll feature in Darren's plans um, this year. Um, we've brought in um, Nico Cotton, who has come from South End. Um, we've obviously got Charlie. Um, Charlie's with us until he um, heads off to university, and he um, he will try and keep fit, and he'll try and get back in term time or or holiday time um, to come back to us. Um, we've also got Delaki in from um, uh, Greenwich Borough, which is really good, and uh, Luke Bluden as well, um, back at uh, the Dripping Pan, and, and you know Luke was a real fan's favourite. He's a He's a strong centre forward. He knows where where the goal is, and uh, he already, you know, showed us that last Saturday at Salt Dean with a with a couple of goals. So, yeah, uh, it's really really exciting times um, on the pitch, uh, but also off the pitch. So there's there's a fair bit of work been uh, happening at the Pan. Um, we're obviously gearing up for the women's championship, um, which we're incredibly excited about, um, and there's been a number of um, bits and pieces going on down the pan for that. We've also completely um, gutted the rook in, um, and that's one of the reasons why we haven't been able to hold any home friendlies. Um, some of you may know we had a, um, we had a um, leak. That's the right word during the cold snap last year with the pipes bursting, and that was covered under the insurance, so that's enabled us to completely replace the whole bar area. Um, so hopefully, come start of the season, you know people will will, will see a new bar, which is um, fantastic. There's been some really hard hard work being done on there from Jackie Gilligan and and Duncan and, and Roger on the pitch as well, which I'm sure you can imagine in in this hot snap is um, is making pitch maintenance incredibly difficult. You know you can't water enough really at the moment to try and get the grass growing. So it is a real real um, problem but um, yeah uh, we're looking forward to it so um, that should be uh, fantastic um, and obviously everyone will have seen hopefully by now the new kit um, so Kappa um, we'd been with Hummel for three years we'd hoped that we could continue that relationship we felt when we went into that relationship um, they had similar brand values and similar vision um, and we just felt that the relationship wasn't going in, in the direction we wanted to, especially after the launch of the um, Equality FC programme last summer. Um, so during the season, we, we saw the reaction of some other brands and commercial partners, you know, the people such as Skins, who became a partner of the club and, and really, really back everything we do. And with um, Ed Briggs coming on board as the, uh, as the commercial lead from, from the board back in October... He took it upon himself to try and find us uh, a new kit deal. Um, he approached Kappa. Kappa love what we do. Kappa get what we do. Uh, they were sold within you know a few hours, and and we they've been brilliant to deal with so far. Uh, we look forward to a long partnership with them. We did the kit launch a couple of weeks ago with with uh, Hamo and Avia, um, and they came down to that, and and they were they were just fantastic. So. Um, uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's a great deal, and um, we hope to see a lot of benefit from the, from that over the next few years. Um, in terms of this season, 
Well, what does a good season look like for us this season? I would say top 10. Uh, I know a lot of clubs will say top 10. I know a lot of clubs will say we want to just consolidate or we want to push on a little bit. Um, I think you'll get a different answer depending if you speak to to myself or or, or Darren. Darren will obviously, um, he'll be a little bit more cautious, maybe a little bit more pessimistic. Uh, I'm a bit more optimistic because I think we've got a great team. I think we've got a great manager who gets the best out of the players. So I'm really looking forward to this season. I think I think there are clubs that will struggle this year, and I don't think we will be one of those. But likewise, you know, I think it's probably a step too far to be to be suggesting that you know we may just hit the playoffs. Um, I, I don't think we're ready for that yet. Um, we've got a fantastic strike force. Um, obviously, I've mentioned Luke. John T um, was outstanding at the, in the second half of the season. Obviously, Billy in the first half of the season, and it's brilliant that Billy's um, signed a contract and he's going to be with us. And and let's not forget Marcus. I mean, Marcus, Marcus started slowly, but I thought he was really looking good at the end of the season. And certainly in the two pre-season games we've had so far, he, he looked sharp. He's holding the ball up. He's big and he's strong. And he'll cause defenders a real problem this year. Um, so I'm not greedy. You know, I'd love a little cup run, um, perhaps... First round trip to Stadium and Light would wouldn't go amiss. Um, but I'd also like to see a few youngsters break it into the squad. Um, a bad season for me, um, injuries. You know, injuries can really, really screw us. I mean, we saw last year when, you know, Matty George was injured and, and Matty was a contracted player. So not only um, do we lose Matty's services, but we have to bring in a replacement for him and, and we incur additional costs. So it, it's really important to keep our... Um, um, our players, our players fit. Um, we don't want to be going out in the early rounds of the cup. Um, we really want a, a little bit of a cup run this year because the revenue that comes in from that is a, is, is a fantastic bonus. I'd also, you know, at, at this point, I'd also say about our women's side. You know, it's a massive jump into the unknown for us, and there's a huge amount of great work going on behind the scenes um, with John Donahue and, and Jackie Gilligan and the rest of the board just planning for this season. And they've brought in some really really good players as well and I think it's going to be an exciting time I mean everyone talks about you know Manchester United coming to the pan and and all that brings but you know this is just an opportunity for Lewis to really put themselves on the map and uh, I can't wait for their season to kick off as well because I think it's just going to bring a whole new buzz um, to the town. Um, Darren well, what do you say about Darren? Um, a fantastic manager. I've got a huge respect for him as a person. His ethics, the way he works. Um, we, we have a very close relationship. We'll talk most days. Um, you know, he listens to my opinion. I listen to, to his opinion. Um, and, you know, before a game, we'll, we'll talk about the opposition. You know, I spend a lot of my time during the weeks going to watch other teams, um, both in our division and also other divisions, looking for for players, see if anyone catches my eye. Um, and he has a clear vision of how he wants to play. And the most important thing, I think, is that he realises that no one is bigger than the team. Uh, and he's made some brave decisions over the last few years. You know, I look back to to um, uh, how he started the 2016-17 season and, and how he struggled. And he made some difficult choices um, right at the start of the season that, that some people uh, question, you know, um, releasing Lloyd Dawes, you know, four or five games into the season. Um, but he saw that that was an issue. He saw that there was something fundamentally wrong and, and it was his decision to uh, 
um, uh, to make that change. And, you know, I look at this season so far, you know, we, we've only had two pre-season games, um, but we, look, we looked strong and comfortable against Lansing and, and against Salt Dean on Saturday in baking conditions on a rock-hard pitch. Um, we did well, um, especially after losing uh, Jack Walder, who's just come back to the club. We lost him early with a, what looks like a nasty um, uh, injury um, where he turned, uh, turned his ankle. Um, but second half, we, we dominated that game and, and won with ease. Um, we've now got to wait till next week, till our next um, pre-season against Hastings, which will be a, a tough test. And then obviously we have Eastbourne Borough next Friday, which again, we're looking forward to welcome um, Danny Blorback and, and Jamie Howe. Um, oh, we get on really well with those guys. So it'll be good to see them back at the pan. Um, well, this season, what are we looking forward to? Well, from a personal point of view, uh, obviously uh, I'm going to come over and, and and come to your stamping ground, Ben, at um, Brighton Sea Region. That's a, that's a new ground for me. Uh, we play Dorking Early Doors, which, again, that's a new ground. And that should be a good day out because they're, they're located close to the centre of the town and Dorking's a great little town for a pre-match drink. Um, so that should be good. So we've never played Potter's Bar before. We've only played... Uh, Folkestone once in ten years, uh, and, but I think the one that I think that we're all looking forward to is 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 actually Worthing. Um, we haven't played a competitive game against Worthing for um, something in the region of I think it's like fifteen years. Um, we've played a few times in friendlies, but not in a competitive game. And I think both sets of fans were really looking forward to that. And and if I was to pick one, say right, okay, you know, biggest home crowd of the season, it's got to be Worthing. Uh, and I think the atmosphere there will be brilliant. Um, so it'll be good um, from a you know another situation for me is obviously I sit on the board of the Isthmian League and, and I have four colleagues who are representative from from the other Premier League clubs so um, Burgess Hill Bogner uh, Folkestone and Enfield um, so getting one over on all those guys would be really really good this year I think um, so, but anyway um, you know we, we look forward to every away game and, and we welcome every um, club down to the pan I know Quite a few fans think that um, uh, Lewis away is one of their best away trips, and and we'll hopefully you know be as hospitable as we can off the pitch whilst taking the points from them on the pitch. Um, and then just finally, I just want to say thank you to everyone who continues to support the club. Um, everyone's support is amazing, um, whether it be from our owners in in the USA, and I'm quite lucky that I get to travel around a bit and meeting owners in strange places around the world um, is always a, is a real pleasure and just sharing with them some of the, the things we're doing. And, and you know, we're looking at um, a couple of tie-ups. We've, um, we've been giving some advice and, and a, a little bit of work and a little bit of help to a, a team in the US who've just started out called um, Edgewater Castle um, in Chicago, um, inner city of Chicago, who have... Um, modelled themselves on, on Lewis, which is fantastic, um, as the Rooks. And we also have um, uh, Minneapolis City Football Club, who uh, won their division this year again, who are the Rooks. Um, so it's great that, that you know the, these clubs are sort of trying to follow in our footsteps and creating a, a, a real supporter-owned um, um, movement. So, yeah, I just want to say thank you very much and um, obviously look forward to speaking to you as the season progresses. All right, cheers, Ben.
right well that just leaves me to say thank you so 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 much to all of our contributors your um, contributions to this podcast were absolutely fantastic and again just want to thank you very very sincerely for all your hard work in answering all of those questions i know it's a lot of time and a lot of effort that went into those answers uh for us lewis fans out there this will be uh the last podcast now until the new season starts so if you want to help us out with this podcast because like i said i can't get to every game therefore at the moment the shows may be a bit hit and miss but if you want to get involved if you can do any sort of reporting or any type of contributing it would be very very much appreciated doesn't matter if it's the men's team or the women's team or the youth team it really doesn't matter all contributions are welcome just as me to say then See you later. Make sure you give us a follow on Instagram and on Twitter at LewisFCPod. You want to get in touch with the show for any reason at all, it's LewisFCPodcast at gmail.com. And I will see you on the terraces at the Dripping Pan. See you later. Oh.